0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 992 with Kara Graves.
1: Specifically in a marketing sense, I think that's the number one thing is that you can sit down and you can think about all of these ideas, but if you don't actually put the pen to paper and you don't actually do the work, what are you doing, right? What are your activations? What is your marketing strategy? What, what is it? Because there are a lot of creative people out there, but I think the difference is the people that actually do it versus the people that just think about it. Are you ready for it factors, success stories,
0: failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot This episode is brought to you by Mies, the culinary operating system for food professionals. Founded by Josh Sharkey, a chef and restaurant owner for the past 20 years, Mies organizes, shares, preps, and scales your recipes like never before plus you can get laser accurate food costs and nutrition analysis faster than you could even imagine. If you're a chef, mixologist, consultant, operator, or generally, if you manage a recipe intended for professional kitchens, me's is built for you. Get started by visiting getme's.com slash unstoppable. That's G E T M E E Z dot com forward slash unstoppable and as a listener of restaurant unstoppable podcast you can get two free months of invoice processing by signing up today with invoice processing you can link all of your purchases to ingredients in your recipes and the most current cost will be automatically reflected in every recipe revolutionize the way work is done in your kitchen with me's This episode is brought to you by One Huddle, a coaching and development platform using quick burst mobile games to more quickly and effectively level up and fire up your workforce. With One Huddle, you can onboard new employees up to 45% faster. There was actually a study done by the University of South Florida that has proven that you can train your employees 45% faster. This just isn't fluff. This is real stuff. One Huddle, this new and improved way to educate your staff will translate into increased sales because you're creating more consistency with the guest experience in both front of house and back of house, i.e. menu development, just learning the menu, POS, limited time offers, food costs, things like this. To learn more, head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one huddle. That's the number one in huddle like a football huddle. And when you use that link, you can get access to one huddle's game shop, 3000 plus on demand skill games on everything from bartending to serve safe to the latest Amazon best selling books and so much more. One more time restaurantunstoppable.com/1huddle With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, senior partner and director of marketing at Uptown Hospitality Group, Kara Graves. Kara, are you feeling unstoppable today? I sure
1: am. Yes.
0: I cannot wait to dive into your area of expertise marketing and to share your story and to share what Uptown Social is all about in the greater Uptown uh, Restaurant Group. Uh, But, sorry, Uptown Hospitality Group. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra what do you got for us
1: so my success quote is actually fairly new um there's a podcaster um kind of an inspiration to me her name is mel robbins and um her quote that i absolutely love is the time is now don't hit snooze on your life
0: the time is now don't hit snooze on your life is there more to that quote, or were you just about to reflect on
1: it? Well, I just, I just love that. Like when, you, when you hit snooze in the morning, you think about the fact that, like, okay, I'm just going to snooze for a couple more minutes, get a little bit more sleep, but you really are postponing your day. You're postponing your life. It's the one thing that you can't get back is time. Yeah. And I just, I just, I just love it. Why and do you
0: think people hit snooze?
1: Because they don't want to get out of bed. They don't yeah. want to start their day. They're yeah. warm. They're cozy. They're comfy
0: take that analogy and put it to the life now in business. Why don't you, why do you think people put things off?
1: Um I think that they're scared. I think they're intimidated. Um Anxious. maybe sometimes yeah, they no. don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. They feel overwhelmed. Um yeah, that's in any job, any industry. Um and if you're not you're not excited, you're not passionate about what you're doing, I think it's really really hard to kind of get yourself yeah. there.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm guilty of this. I think. I
1: think most people are.
0: I, as somebody, you know, like I I identify as somebody who's not great with attention to detail. Uh, I've always, you know, was in that special class for learning disabilities, like a slow learner. And I always there's this narrative like I'm going to screw it up. I'm going to fuck it up. Like if I like, I'm not the person to do this. And because of that, nothing gets done sometimes. Uh, And I just finished reading the book, um, The Practicing Mind. From Tom Walter, or sorry, I always say Tom Walter because he's a past guest on the show. Tom Sterner, uh, also the author of uh, "It's Just a Thought," and he, he wrote another book called "Fully Engaged," which I did not get to read. But it's about this: it's like you are exactly where you're supposed to be in your life. Don't stress. Don't worry. Just start. Just do the work. And if you choose to ignore the thoughts, the fear, the anxiety, and you just focus on doing the thing, that there's there's. Almost, uh, what's the word? There's a, That in itself is meditative. Doing the work, doing the practices, being in the thing is meditative and the, the thoughts will go away. What, what are you thinking of as I'm saying this?
1: Well, so I know that we are going to brush upon this far more, but specifically in a marketing sense, I think that's the number one thing is that you can sit down and you can think about all of these ideas, but if you don't actually put the pen to paper and you don't actually do the work, What are you doing, right? What are your activations? What is your marketing strategy? What what is it? Because there are a lot of creative people out there, but I think the difference is the people that actually do it versus the people that just think about it.
0: Yeah, and that's why I'm here with these cameras by myself with no videographer. This stuff scares the shit out of me. I'm not gonna lie. It's scary. It's intimidating. You know what else scared the shit out of me once? This and this, and now I don't even think about it. Yeah. So it where you are right now is where you is exactly where you're supposed to be. He, he uses this beautiful analogy with like a seed and a plant. A seed isn't a plant, but the seed's not worried about becoming a plant. The seed is just a seed in that moment. And like you will become what you envision. Right. As long as you keep showing up. Every
1: right. Day. Right. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. So I'm glad that you can yeah, relate to that. Yeah.
0: Tell me, where does it make sense to start sharing your story?
1: Um, Hmm. Like, I, I Guess kind of from the beginning, just just my hospitality background, and then kind of into how I got here.
0: But you didn't know when you were working in restaurants early in your career; you didn't know that this is exactly what you.
1: Wanted. No, I did not even know if I was going to make this a career or not.
0: So, when did you know that this is like I, I want to buy into this? I, this might be my path, the hospitality industry. When did that happen? Like, take us to that point at the beginning.
1: Um. Okay. Well, or if there's more like beyond that, feel free. I I feel like, especially as a young woman, you are constantly told to do something else. And I've worked in hospitality. I'm not even kidding. Since I was a little kid, I grew up on a vegetable farm. I worked in my my uncle's vegetable stand during the summer. I'm telling you, I was like, like child labor, like 10 years (laughs) old. Um, And I was also a competitive gymnast. And I birthday parties when I was like 14 15 wow. and I was serving cake and chips and sandwiches and teaching little kids how to jump on the trampoline <laughs> and so like when I tell you I have been doing it my entire life my my mom my dad they met in a pizzeria and a bar my mom and my stepdad they met working in a restaurant nice. um, it's really been in my blood in my yeah. bones um, and I believe it forever like,
0: from the moment I met you you're clearly socially and emotionally intelligent like
1: that's all from hospitality yeah I kid you not
0: and that I do believe that is you know, genetic. You know, I think that it's it's a, like just like in any type of intelligence is genetic. Social and emotional intelligence is something. If your parents are you know social people, it usually trickles down for sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I would say.
0: so. Did you want to to take a, a you know a path into hospitality? At so I al- so
1: I always okay. did it. Well, it was it was two things. Oh. A, I felt like it was a skill that. Was going to be useful no matter where I was in life, so right? True. You could you could get a job anywhere, yeah. um, and it was also a great way to make money and yeah. a great way to make meet people. Um, so I I I always wanted to do that as a part time gig no matter what. I did it all throughout college. I did it in my early twenties, um, and had second third jobs as well, and for a long time I fought it right I went to a four-year school I went to um, a college in upstate New York um, actually did gymnastics there which is why I went nice. and um, once I graduated I had actually started as a studio art major so I always kind of had that creative um, side of my brain which I always loved. that was always my passion doing something creative um, but I always what is
0: studio art versus other art. I'm curious maybe studio art answered. is just
1: like a generalized art major. So, so like drawing, the, painting, art history, like sculptures, a swath
0: of all the arts to understand. Exactly.
1: And you would just take different classes in that under that umbrella. Got it. Um and then I was like I I love this, but it's a little non-conventional. So, I switched to a PR and marketing major, which I was like, you know what? This will be far more useful.
0: So you love the art, but you didn't see it being practical.
1: Correct. Got it. Um and I knew I always wanted to go to New York City and I like truly based my life off of Sex and the City. I'm like, I'm going to be Carrie Bradshaw. I can't write to save my life. So I will draw or paint or market or work in PR, or work in fashion, something. So I,
0: I feel like I might be missing an element of the story because you said that you always wanted to do hospitality, but you were told not to.
1: Well, I... Loved that as a part Time gig and as a fallback Plan but that was not my goal My goal was to work in New York City for some Sorry I don't know for like a fashion House or Do something that was Maybe a little bit more At the time Well respected Um, because That was my biggest pitfall with hospitality Is I felt like
0: You're drawn to it but this isn't a real but this
1: isn't a real job That's right. Isn't that the overarching theme always? At least 10, 15 years ago, it's like, when are you you going to get a real real job? I mean,
0: I can totally relate to that. Growing up, my parents owned a restaurant and I remember being like, when I have a restaurant, they're like, no, 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 no. We work so hard so you don't
1: have to. Right, right.
0: Right. So, I mean, but I think that... I do get it, though. At the same time, because for the longest time it was really difficult to make it, especially if you didn't own the business. Yep. Right? If you're a general manager or whatever, you could be working eighty hours a week. You're not yeah. going to be making a lot of money to support a family. Like, I get it, and I yeah. think that the industry is guilty of this. Um, maybe we'll shelf the, the that for later. But hopefully, with the podcast and other resources, we change that and we. Let I people-
1: already think it really yeah. has. I think with podcasting, I think. Um, truly with social media, with the internet, I think it's changed the game. I think that people now realize that this can be a serious career and it's not just being on your feet and working late hours and long yeah. or late nights, long hours, um, <laughs> we making were unreasonable. a quick
0: buck. We were unreasonable. And I kind of push back sometimes at Will Gardera's book, Unreasonable Hospitality, because I get that it's good to kind of go beyond the guest expectation, but to be unreasonable, I think kind of hurts the industry, you know, because you in said, what way in the way that, um, we have a fiscal responsibility and not every restaurant has the financial resources that a union square hospitality restaurant does in the middle of New York city where your target market is the most wealthy people and you can charge ridiculous prices. You know, and when we all try to deliver that level of hospitality, they have somebody on staff whose job it is to write thank you letters to figure out what gifts to buy somebody.
1: Yeah. That's next you know level. I mean? That's, exactly. yeah, that's something that's so they, unique.
0: You can afford to be unreasonable. Right. And when other people try to match that level of unreasonableness, like what ends up happening is the guest expectation becomes unreasonable because that becomes standard, like right. getting a free meal. If you don't like it, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. And at the same time, like when the consumer figures out that they can get a free meal, they're going to abuse it. Of course, you know, so like it's human nature, So like when a guest gets a meal and you're only making 5% profit on that meal, the guest expects that to be standard. Right. So what's happening is we're not spending, we're not charging what are worth because we're trying to be unreasonably generous. Yep. So it's in our DNA to over deliver naturally. Yep. You know, and I think that it paints us into a corner and like we can be generous, we can be warm, but we're going to charge for it, (laughs) you know, so we're going to get that 10 plus percent 15 percent even 20 percent and not feel guilty right so anyway that's what I meant by
1: it no 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 no. yeah uh, I yeah. mean yeah so
0: anyway I digress back to your story. <laughs> um, so you decided to go into uh, to marketing HR not HR PR you said
1: yes I was a PR and marketing major um, I still took art classes and almost immediately out of college I got two separate internships in fashion PR in New York City Unpaid internships Again this is 15 years ago Like I didn't even get A lunch stipend yeah. I was commuting On the subway I was taking I was walking down my block <laughs> Taking a bus I was in the Bronx On City Island um, Living at my dad And my stepmom's For the summer Right out of college And I was Taking the bus To the Pelham Bay Park On the six train taking that all the way to 125th street, then getting on the four or the five, then going across to... I mean, wow. I was commuting anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours a day back and forth.
0: But this is a great skill to have in the hospitality industry. I mean, most of the best restaurants know that they need a publicist or a marketer on staff or outsource, right?
1: I don't even think that our group, any of us knew that, that this was what Was going to be needed Um, Because really when I started with our group It was back in 2012 I was in my early 20s um, I got hired to bartend I was a daytime bartender Monday, Tuesday, day That was the only way I could get my foot in the door Um, I know Keith brushed upon my story a little bit With my dad being his regular And me I I had worked um, uh, I was working a guerrilla marketing Or a guerrilla advertising job Excuse me um, But I was in sales And I was cold calling for I don't know Eight hours a day so
0: where like what was the what, what industry were you in when you before coming to the restaurant industry
1: um so I was in PR as an intern oh. in fashion, okay, and then fashion, right. once i I decided I honestly like love fashion, not the industry for me yeah, the people was the number one thing which I think is another reason why were they unreasonable they were unreasonable <laughs> they really were, and it was almost like. Like a sorority or, or a fraternity, I think that they were hazed so badly when they were at, at entry level that they just like it was just constant negativity and and abuse. And I think another reason why I decided that ugh, the hospitality industry was the industry for me was the people. Yeah. I love restaurant people.
0: So how long were you working in fashion and marketing before making the switch? About though? two years. Okay,
1: two so years. I was in PR, um, and then I worked in textiles for a little bit, and then. Um, I moved into a marketing or an advertising sales job and I did that, I don't know, for maybe eight or nine months. All and in the two years. All in those two years. What yeah. What were
0: the biggest lessons you learned about PR that stick with you to this day?
1: I, that truly that fashion PR is far di- different than restaurant PR. Um, and I don't know if I even really understood what marketing and PR was until I started working for this group. Even though I had worked in, in the industry, I was more in a sales role. And as an intern, you don't really do all that much in the actual PR world. You're doing a lot of grunt work. Um, so I didn't really take that as much of a learning opportunity as much as it was kind of a foot in the door. Yeah. Um, and then when I was working in, in sales... I just, I just realized how absolutely difficult it was to push and promote something that you didn't believe in. Yes, yes, that's that was my biggest takeaway.
0: And you're, oh my gosh, like that. I think when you believe in something, it doesn't become selling. No, it becomes persuading to make somebody's life better. Like, I listen, love that. I figured this out. I want you to figure it out too. And when you believe in it your whole body believes in it. Your body language believes in it. I think your heart believes in it. And then you start radiating. Like, I don't know if you believe in this shit, but like, there's a lot of evidence coming out that we all have like things that we've always known that everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But now if science is proving that, that there's nerves in your heart and that we send out, you like, feel waves. it, right? Yeah. You and, feel it. And other people feel when you feel it. So it's so powerful. And it, it, and it, but continue that train of thought.
1: Well, again, going back to hospitality, I think that it, that was such a, a, pain point for me because I loved the restaurant business so much, but every fiber of my being was telling me to do it. And my brain and my surroundings were telling me, don't do it. Like, do not do this industry. You have your four-year degree. Go get a job doing something else. Use your degree. I didn't realize at the time that I was going to be able to use my marketing and my PR background for my current role, right? Yeah. Like, you you don't think that far ahead, especially again going back fifteen years ago when I was in college. Like, I didn't you didn't realize that there were those kind of opportunities within the bar restaurant right. hospitality business.
0: So, you come into the hospitality industry. You have this background in PR and marketing and guerrilla marketing. Um, I was kind of curious about how. Guerrilla marketing translates to ads because I feel like when I think of guerrilla marketing, I'm thinking about like kissing babies, handing out flyers, talking to everybody in your yep, community. Yep. How does that translate to guerrilla marketing ads, though?
1: So, what this company did specifically is actually would sell a guerrilla marketing idea or an activation to a company for far cheaper than your traditional advertising, like call it digital so or put online. A together to you and exactly, a yeah, yeah, and or okay. like. Um, An example would be like uh, a rain stencil, which I think is a really cool idea, but they would have this um, this bond that you would put on the sidewalk that would only appear once it rains. So you would do like maybe a logo or a message of some sort. So you're actually selling that and then our team would go out. We would put it. Yeah. Yeah. You're selling, selling. Yeah, Yeah. interesting,
0: cool. So maybe that will manifest later in the conversation. So you get back, you get onto, and I always forget the mother company because there's Uptown uh, Hospitality Group. That's yes, that's Charleston. Yes, but your your New York. Mama and Dada, whatever you guys refer to them as, the the, the grown up company, the, the originator.
1: Yeah, that's eat, drink, and be merry. Eat um, be um formerly known as NYC Best Bars Got for it. people that have been in New York for thirty years.
0: Got it. So you're hired on with this group, very well known, established group in New York City. Yes. Um, you have this background.
1: Yes, but, that I don't even know if anybody knew.
0: I was I was curious. Like, did you want to end up doing marketing, or were you just like, I'm just no, gonna. No, this was bartending. just a bartending
1: job. Okay, That's so, it.
0: So take me to that. Like, what was your goal then? Were you just trying to get cash for now to figure out what you wanted to do?
1: Yep, exactly. Okay. So what
0: were you thinking you wanted to do?
1: Um, I still thought I wanted to do something creative um, in in advertising, marketing, PR. Realm. Um, I also started interning very, very randomly um, with a photographer um, named Michael Cinquino. He is one of my mentors. Um, And then uh, my dear friend Jennifer Kinford. She was a makeup artist. And I started doing, like, shadowing her doing makeup. Um, And that kind of led to, like, a little side career that I had while I was also bartending and managing um, in eat, drink and be merry. So
0: your, your dad was a regular at which restaurant? At the was it? stumble in stumble Inn. Yes. Keith Benjamin, past guest in the show yes. where he got his start.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe, he, no, I think he, he started off the wagon. So was
0: the stumble in his, I think, was that his first equity business? Or the, yeah, yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. he was probably there all the time. He the was
1: leaders. not no? quite yet a partner or he had just been offered partner. He was definitely managing at the time. And, and, Actually, no, he he must have been a new, newish partner because he also was opening Hair of the Dog yeah. um, in the fall of 2012, which is was. why I got hired.
0: So he got, he got, he walked away from his original role to go become a manager. And I think of that I remember that being like a thing. He's like, I don't want to walk away from this money. But he knew that he had to get to that next level. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So then when he was asked to open Hair of the Dog, that was like his, his first Restaurant that was his As, as the kind of senior partner Alongside his other business partner That went down with him And um, he brought me along And funny enough They had asked, actually asked me um, Mitch and Michael Who are the co-founders of, of Eat Drink and Be Merry They asked me um, After a few months If I wanted to go down And manage Down the Hatch Which is their oldest bar Been around now At this point over 30 years And I, I, similarly to Keith, I was like, I, I don't think that's a good idea for me. It's it was a basement bar in the West Village, and the staff had been there for over a decade. And I'm like, here I am in my early 20s. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna start telling these people what to do right. with very very little experience in this group. I was like, I don't. I feel like that's so not gonna go well. How much experience you have
0: in this group? Because this was a so like yeah like you start at. All these different names are restaurants. You started at, um, you didn't start at Down the Hatch. You started at.
1: I started at the Stumble Inn. Stumble Inn. Yeah, but Um, they asked me if I would manage Down the Hatch after only a, a few months, and I turned them down. Which I was like, I don't know if this is the right idea either, but I just it didn't feel right. Why not? Um. Yeah, like I said, I just felt like. I didn't have enough experience in the group. Um, I had only been working with the company for a few months right. um, when You're I had gotten hi-
0: people who were, were senior,
1: right? Yeah, and I had gotten hired on to actually go to Open Hair of the Dog with Keith okay. when that was opening, just as a bartender. Um, and I just I, I felt like I wanted to hitch my wagon to to him and and to that opportunity
0: being offered that role only a few months into your tenure i think is a pretty big testament to your just your natural inclination towards this right uh so that's just no i mean it, it seems so obvious right like that doesn't happen all the time um so you decide to go open uh stumble in no sorry hair of the dog yes with uh keith yes and um how does your life start to change at this point
1: um we open hair of the dog October of 2012 Um, I I went down there just as a bartender and within a few weeks I was starting to do some floor managing and um, I also kind of felt like if the opportunity had presented itself at down the hatch then in in due time hopefully that would happen again at hair of the dog if if that was needed right Um, and then yeah for the next five years and again, this was only supposed to be a, a, a part-time bartending job that was a means to an ev- end eventually. And um, I was, again, also doing a little bit of makeup on the side. And I started kind of making a little bit of money doing that as well. And I would be on photo shoots during the week in the daytime. And then I would go to work at Hair of the Dog at night. And this, went, this really truly went on for, for five years so, until it was kind of a breaking point.
0: So what changed? So you weren't ready to manage... At um uh, down the hat. So there's so many. Down yeah, the there hat, there yeah. Are, there
1: are so many. <laughs>
0: you weren't ready then. No, um, you decided to go open hair of the dog with Keith. Yes. What changed in that period where you did become a manager? Like how did how did being because it wasn't that much longer after you turned down manager? No,
1: not too much.
0: So what changed in you, or was it what what was different about the scenario that made you feel more comfortable about becoming a manager?
1: I had a very close relationship with Keith. Um, I also uh, felt like since I was on the opening team that I would I have, have gotten a little already. bit more maybe respect mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it just it, it, it felt like my own i think beca- I think because I opened it with them and i was I was on that beginning team, I felt like a piece of it was mine. Even though it wasn't, um, I just, I kind of had that loyalty and that allegiance. And I also was kind of same thing. Like if I graduated from college, I'm not sure that I wa- what I want to do. I want to continue to make sure that I'm growing as a human. I'm learning and I'm not going to turn down opportunities going forward just because I might feel a little bit uncomfortable. And down the hatch was totally different, right? Because I didn't know anybody there. I hadn't worked with anybody there.
0: How did we start today's conversation? What was the quote?
1: Oh, my, my Mel Don't Robbins hit. quote, the time is now.
0: Yeah. Don't hit snooze on exactly. your life. Exactly. <laughs> just start. Oh,
1: I was snoozing right? my <laughs> whole life uh, <laughs> then. S- smashing that snooze. I was over uh, and over and over again.
0: <laughs> so how it sounds like you probably grew a lot as a professional at hair of
1: the dog. I did. So, Tremendously.
0: And it sounds like being working with somebody like Keith. Did he influence you? Did he force you out of your comfort zone, or was it just because? Why did being close? You said I was close with Keith. How did being close with Keith help?
1: He is probably not even probably. He's the best leader I have ever met. What makes him I've a great leader? Ever worked with? Um, his passion, uh, his confidence his ability to talk to people, um, his vision. He's, he's really, he has that, that it factor when it comes to leading people and getting people to believe in him and to believe in themselves. Got it. I love that.
0: Um, so what did he see in you? What did he, what did he ever say? What, how oh God,
1: I that feel like that's a question for him. <laughs> um,
0: did he ever say like, you know, I, I think that people leave clues. He must've said, Hey, you know, Kyra, you're really good at this.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like I will go back to this a lot. Um, my energy, for right. one, um, my work ethic. Um, I just, uh, hospitality comes yeah. so naturally to yeah. me, and I just, uh, great customer service. Um, what is
0: hospitality to you?
1: Respecting the fact that people get up every day and go to work to make money. For them to enjoy themselves, and I think that having that kind of respect for what people are spending their money on is exactly what hospitality is. And I think that when you go into your job every day and you remember that people could spend their money anywhere else, and they're choosing it, to, they're choosing to spend it with you and to spend it on your staff and to spend it on the experience that you're providing, there's nothing better than that. Ah, I love that.
0: So. Let's talk about how you grew. So, you, when did you go from bartender, manager to, I'm going to take on some more responsibility around maybe, was it marketing or PR?
1: Uh, uh, social media. Got it. To start. um, I started slowly running um, Hair of the Dogs Instagram account. Very, I mean, it it took a while. Um, What's the year? I'm sorry? What year
0: is it at this point? Uh,
1: I would say...
0: 2012 2013
1: maybe even a little bit later 14, 14 or 15
0: so What what was that like? What was it a challenge for you taking on was did you enjoy it?
1: Um, I loved it. I think Instagram I, I got my Instagram in in 2012 and I don't know if anybody really thought that Instagram was gonna be a platform to promote restaurants right. on um, initially and I think as time went on and people started spending more and more time on Instagram, and I personally started spending more time on Instagram, I realized like, wow. This is something that we yeah. could really use as a tool to, to bring people in the door. And honestly, I was not very good at it. I don't even know if anybody knew how to be good at it at that time, right? I go back. I'm sure you've gone back on your Instagram and you've seen pictures that you've posted in 2012 yeah. and I mean, 2013. Re- reflecting
0: back at that time, because I used to think that maybe I'd become like, again to social media and become like a consultant or like that would be my niche. The more I drove into it, the more I, I think also like the platform started to evolve over time where like it was about being social. Yep. And like, that was literally the advice. Yep. Talk to the camera. Like you're talking to your friends. Yep. Share with your, your customers the things you'd share with your friends. Yep. Yep. Make it real. Yeah. Make it sociable. Yeah. And I think over time the algorithm kind of took over. Yeah. And now it's about squeeze your life into this, this little rectangle or square. And like yeah. when, as it, it became more strategic and calculated, I was like, I'm not a calculated person. This isn't for me, but what are your thoughts on like, how was the evolution for you?
1: I think that social media has totally changed changed the world. Right? Yeah, it's total. Sure. It's 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 almost even changed the human nature at this point. And I think that's only going to continue on and on. Um, when we first started using. Instagram for hair of the dog and the and the rest of our bars Um, It was also kind of difficult to get the rest of the partners and at this point. I was just a manager I wasn't a partner yet and it was difficult to kind of get them all to subscribe to this is something that we need to pay attention to. And this is something that maybe you don't necessarily have to learn, but you need to put people in place that understand it and that are going to kind of push your business to the next level. Because what is so smart about our group um, and especially what Mitch... And, and Mikey created is offering equity to younger people and, and managers and people that you want to help continue to grow your business. That is a revolutionary idea. But to not be able to continue to adopt things that are going to continue to make us be relevant, I, it, it was confusing to me because I was like, it 's really hard for for somebody to to learn this if it 's not something that you use or, or or do every day, like Mitch or Mikey or any of the other older partners that wouldn't that maybe have flip phones at that point right. like I have no idea um, but getting them to understand that that their customer base or their business is actually now in the hands of the customer and not in your hands yeah. anymore yeah. is a really hard thing to wrap your head around right
0: so. So what do you you exactly mean by that? By your business is in the hands of other people. Are you talking about the people you're hiring to represent your business or the actual consumer? I
1: think initially it was the consumer. Got it. And then as social media kind of take... Took over a new life or uh, its own life, then your business is in the hands of everybody. It is definitely not just you
0: because they can comment, they on can the
1: comment, they can post, they, take their they own can photos yes. to share. Like, look yeah, how exactly.
0: shitty or how gross this bar looks right now, or like if anything it's reality, and everything. Everybody can see it because it yes. be captured in that.
1: Moment. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes, and that's a scary thing, right? As a business owner, as any business owner, it's scary to realize that you're not entirely in control anymore. So take us through the
0: evolution, your evolution with Hair of the Dog and how you evolved into, I mean, were you, were you doing social media and bartending, I'm assuming?
1: Yes, I was bartending, managing. Um, and when I say doing social media, it was very, very lightly. I yeah. was posting like maybe once or twice a week. Um, again, Is at the, that a, point, Instagram had not really... The,
0: the posts have evolved, I'm assuming, or oh my are they similar to what you're doing then.
1: Oh no 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 no. no. Totally, right, so totally different.
0: I don't need to paint a make an example of what not to do anymore. Yes, no no, <laughs> no no no, no. Wait, do me a favor, zoom up the thirty thousand feet. Give me the big picture. Two thousand fourteen bartending hair of the dog, start doing social media post. And without getting into any detail, what were the next steps in your career? Like I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile right now. I just want to see dates and titles.
1: I was offered partner in uptown social in at the end of 2017 i moved here in early 2018 we opened uptown in april of 2018 and at that point i was operating partner and i was running our social media marketing pr activations alongside keith essentially by myself um i we, we very soon thereafter brought on, um, my now business partner, Kat Moore, and she was my sidekick. Her and I would, I mean, we made it our business to make sure that we had the best marketing, the best social media presence. Um, I mean, we were on our Instagram. Twenty four seven, three six five, making sure that our voice was heard loud and clear. And Cat
0: Moore was more recent. The twenty,
1: she was she became a partner. I want to say a year into Uptown being open, but okay, she started so managing. Yeah, she started managing pretty soon thereafter. Right. She was actually my regular at hair of the dog. So
0: you mentioned some mentors, yes. and I, I want to give a tip of the hat to them because I'm assuming these mentors came into your life between 2014 and
1: 2017, uh... or was it later? No, I would say yeah. For the most part
0: so like the you mentioned the photographer his I didn't catch his name though
1: his name is Michael Cinquino.
0: Michael so how did Michael bring like how were they influential to you when did they come into your life maybe it start makes sense to start with uh, Jennifer I don't know sorry who you said Jennifer the makeup artist oh
1: Jennifer Kinford yeah yeah, yeah. well her and Michael worked together very closely oh, okay. Got it. yeah and she brought me on just kind of same thing as her like so intern in
0: the timeline when did they come into the picture
1: Uh, that was in yeah
0: 2012 2012 so how did they make you a better person
1: um I think they gave me a lot of confidence in something that I knew nothing about, something that I loved, something that I was passionate about, but I had no experience in. Were you in. not confident in the social media? Um that wasn't in social media. Okay. That wasn't doing makeup artistry, got it, got it, but got I started posting a lot of their stuff, Got it. um started posting a lot of my own stuff. So that definitely helped me become even more creative on social media.
0: Got it. So how did they help you with your confidence? What did that look
1: like? Um they they gave me an opportunity to come into a space that I had no idea about and they would just, they would lift me up. They would tell me if I was doing a great job, they would correct me if I wasn't doing a great job. They were giving me all of the tools that I feel like I needed to succeed in something that again, I just didn't have any experience in. Um, And I thought that that was really, really helpful. What's the most critical tool they gave you? Mm. Really pushing here. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, you can't narrow it
0: down to one. Give me a couple. Or if you are drawing complete blanks, we can just move on.
1: <laughs> Let, can we go back to that? Yeah, for sure. I have to think about that a yeah, little bit
0: yeah, more. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... You also said that they gave you confidence by recognizing what you're doing well. This is a huge lesson here. Yeah. I think we don't know what we're good at until the universe tells us. Exactly. So did you even know you had a skill for this before they started influencing you? Um, I
1: thought a little bit just because... Your background. In yeah, my, just my,
0: my background in art. You already knew you were good at putting things together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, and I knew it was something that I was passionate about. And I know that we talked about this a little bit earlier. But I feel like if you really love something, you care about something it's automatic, right? Yeah. Like you're already, you already have a leg up, right? Cause you try a little bit harder, you you spend a little more time doing it. Um, so I just knew that that was an area that I would excel in more than accounting.
0: We're gonna take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We're gonna be right back to start talking about your move down here to Charleston and how you really started to evolve more as a marketer. Great. Not a bartender. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. Fred Langley CEO of restaurant systems pro will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the restaurant systems pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting. with accuracy checklist budgeting for the entire year scheduling for profit more butts in seats and that's not it often the team at restaurant systems pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks i mean it's hard out there but because of that a lot of the time these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game for that reason there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash R-S-P. That's R-S-P for Restaurant Systems Pro. Restaurantunstoppable.com slash R-S-P. We're back, and let's get into the nitty gritty because I want to focus now on y- your story, your, your evolution as a restaurant marketer okay so where did it like paint the picture of like you kind of already did for us and you moved down here um in 2018 i know i remember keith it was kind of like the the guiding compass of, of wanting to come down here yes uh you evolved as professional with him as yes. working side by side with him it only makes sense that you'd want to come down yes. with
1: him yes right? yep
0: um so when you come down here what was the narrative between you and keith was he you're like, I'm only doing it if I get a promotion like was there anything like that or yeah
1: well, yeah uh, they asked me if I would entertain moving to Charleston to open uptown and I essentially asked if partnership was on the table or an option um, because I didn't really think uprooting my life leaving New York City leaving my friends leaving my family without making a dis- definitive decision that this was going to be my career I, I didn't think that that made sense yeah. um, so that was that was the the question um, and the answer was, yeah, we'll, we'll make you a partner.
0: So back in 2018 is when he became a partner.
1: Yeah. Um, 2017 to that. Well, 2018 when Uptown opened. So
0: what was that, that conversation like for you? Cause so, so to give you some context, I don't know if you caught Keith's episode. I
1: did. Yeah. Did. Oh yeah. So he, I he kind him, okay.
0: of, you know, he was pretty transparent yes. with how it works. Yes. Like you, you buy in like, yep. they don't just like, say, okay, you're good at your job. Let's give you 5%. No. They got to you got to put up some money. Y- yes. So I think this all is of cri- it. Yeah, this is a pretty <laughs> critical part too, but but what I like about it is that they they put it into reach. Yes. for m- most people. Yes. So mo- like most 24-year-olds can't go to the bank and get a no, million no, dollars no, no. or they don't have the track record to go to friends and family and but like, give me millions of dollars. But what you can do is come up with maybe a hundred thousand, right? Yeah. Um or you, you know, I think you know, if you if you with money you, like most people can, i don't, like how much is, like generally like what is that like entry point at for most people
1: I, I mean it's pretty expensive, but it it all depends on what the space is i mean for a place like uptown social, it's ten thousand square feet yeah. and so so it's a massive space versus one of our other spots in New York City, which is 2,000 square feet, but granted, then the rents are a little bit more expensive. So So it's variable. It's variable, yeah. Well,
0: that's good. So maybe you love a company and maybe you want to be a partner in a a space like Uptown Social, but you don't got the green. They don't have the cabbage to make that happen. Maybe you can go partner in a smaller restaurant that can get you an opportunity later on. I think that's kind of what Keith did, right?
1: Um, Yes. Uh, Kind of the way it works, though, is that the idea is that you have partnership in a place that you are operating. And then once you are a partner, then you can kind of buy into new places or back buy into other places, depending on, and on kind of how the, the, how the points are.
0: Are you willing to share like the numbers that in your relationship? Is that something that you can talk about? Okay.
1: Yeah. No, um, no, not, not specifics, but
0: can you share ballparks generally? Kind of
1: the idea. I mean, it, it, it could be expensive a point could be anywhere from
0: so one percent to
1: 10 15 20 30 40 so d- that, just depending so talking yeah.
0: percentages generally it's you it's a point yeah you have to get at least one 1%, point one percent yes and that's relative or a to, half a
1: point or a quarter of a point so whatever yeah.
0: that is in your if you're listening to this like figure out like what a percent and that's that equity in the entire business or just like in, in, the loan? in specific spots okay yeah. got it uh, I would love to know how this looks just so we can. It is real. It's interesting. It's very, very it's, fascinating. It's, it's such a way, a beautiful way to create careers in this industry. And I think that's part of the issue is that the, the argument in this industry is that there's no career path. Right. And I think that's our fault because I don't know if it's greed or fear or whatever or just re- recreating a broken model because that's all we knew. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. So, like, but if but we also bitch about how like there's no peop- nobody who wants to make a career out of this. Can you blame and no people? Go- and
1: no good people and what incentive and right as the right. world
0: around us evolves, we're right. still operating a 1905 business model and right. you were like, nobody wants to work. Right. Nobody wants to work for you because you're not giving them any incentive. To right. You. Right. So like, what does that look like? How do we, how do we make the industry more equitable?
1: I mean, I would love to say just copy our business model. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes the most sense, right? So how do we, like, what
0: can you give us to give us some direction of what that looks like without, because I, I understand you can't give away, like I'm going to take as much as you're willing to give me. Right, okay. So give, bring so, me to what you're willing to give me.
1: So, um, I think to your point, right? It's really hard for someone that's in their, in their early twenties, mid twenties, whatever stage of your life to, to be able to say, okay, I'm going to invest X amount of dollars and then I'm going to give my life to doing this and I'm going to work 60, 70, 80, 100 hour weeks, right? Yeah. Because that's really what's expected of you at a certain point. With or without an investment, if you are running a restaurant, you, it's, it's, you're, you're committed, right? You're committed yeah. to long hours, late, late nights, um, for the most part. But I think what's nice about our specific group is that you don't have to come up with the money for a full point. Maybe it's a half a point. Maybe it's a quarter of a point. We give you that option um, because some of these big numbers are really really scary, right? Or you just can't you can't do it. Um,
0: and just to be clear, it's a it's a percentage of
1: what it is percent. Uh,
0: uh, of the total equity of the, of business? the total liquid equity ad, of the business yes. Ad, like yes. whatever yes whatever the bank says this is worth yes exactly got it
1: exactly um and and yeah so so i think that that's a little bit more palatable for people so
0: you're so I, so it sounds like michael and mitch are basically at the top and saying i'm gonna sell you like i own that point yes and you're gonna pay me for yes this point.
1: yes or the group owns
0: yeah the 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 restaurant the thing.
1: the one hundred percent or the
0: I should say the where sorry I, my notes are all over the place the, oh no worries the name of the group is eat drink and be merry yes. so eat drink and be merry owns a point yes. you're paying eat drink and be merry for the own steak. you are well you're, each it's coming it, off so not, from the, it's not, from the it's
1: not from the parent group it's it's group. each individual got restaurant it. got it
0: got it got it thank you very much yes so yeah yeah yeah.
1: yeah um and then also our bosses, or kind of the people that are that are sitting at the top, they kind of guide you, right? They they it's let true. you know the save your money, yeah. um, yes. Kind of prepare that this this is a possibility. This could be a possibility, and we kind of start that pretty early on, right? Like if you're offered manager, you know that there's. A likelihood that this opportunity will present itself at a certain point so long as you're doing a great job. It's on the table so long as. Yes. Um so, so start saving your money.
0: Yeah. And I think this is kind of where the restaurant industry also falls short. We like it we're very transactional in the sense like here's your paycheck, you know, if they offer insurance, here's your insurance. And then that's where the relationship stops. But here's how to manage your money.
1: Yeah. You know, we actually like, had a financial advisor right. come in last year and sit down and talk to our whole staff, yeah. whoever wanted to come and listen right. to just to plan ahead.
0: Yeah. Like we're in Charleston. This is a seasonal location. You're going to make tons of money for these few months and then make sure you put enough away for the quiet. Month. Yes. Like yes. It's a like rainy that. day. Young people, the school system doesn't teach people financial savvy. No, they do not. They teach the school system was built to teach people how to be employees. Yeah. Not how to manage money and create, not how
1: to be entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like, I think it's amazing that restaurant tours. but when you, when you take the time to mold these people and to give people your knowledge and your skills and your values to become more valuable to you. Totally. And is that kind of their, their approach?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I would say you hit the nail on the head.
0: Yeah. Um, and if you truly have a passionate restaurant person working for you and they want to go open their own place they're going to do it. Right. You right. might as well invest in it and right. and and benefit from right. you know their growth right. by giving them by give, making it possible for them.
1: And I would say 90% of people are not going to do this and be like, "Uh, I think I like working in restaurants, so I'm going to go for it." The people that are doing this are like, "I love this. This yeah. is what I want to do."
0: Dude, you just gave me an idea. Oh. Cuz I've been worried cuz I I am organized with restaurants stoppable like I'm not a marketer i'm not an operations person i'm not a tech geek nerd type person but like how do i evaluate the value of restaurant unstoppable right like who do i go to to say this this is what restaurant unstoppable is worth right now and then how who do i find to give me a percentage Hmm. to like help me scale this thing it would have
1: to be somebody that would work with you right yes yeah
0: yes you got me that's you got the wheels.
1: Wow. Now my you know. light bulb just went on.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, this is what it's all about. Sharing Wait, information. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, this what, is great. What, what, do you want to share your light bulb?
1: No, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking like you could get a lot of people in the fold.
0: Yeah. And that's totally. where I'm at right now. But the, I think we, when we don't talk about this stuff, we don't know where, we don't know how to Right. you know, and right. hopefully we're inspiring other people. Like maybe you have some team members working with you right now that you're like, holy cow. How did I end up with this person? In a good way? In a, yeah, in a and good in way. And in a bad way? No, like, 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 I'm so lucky to have these people. Like, what happens if these people
1: leave? Right. Well, in, that's that's what, where the incentive so lies.
0: The, but now there's a, a win-win situation. So the incentive of giving somebody equity is now you're, you're, you're getting the benefits of that person's skills.
1: Right. But and you're fe- not just handing it out like candy, right? But,
0: but the fear is I'm losing equity. But if you can get liquid from that, there's incentive. Now there's yes. even more incentive to
1: do. And I think because you have to financially invest, that makes you care that much more, right? Yeah. Instead of just, just it's it's a gift or and, yeah. it's sweat equity. Like the fact that you actually are ponying up either your money or whoever you had to beg, borrow and steal from, it, it, it changes the game.
0: So here's how I set up my business. I use Profit First. Are you familiar with that? I am not. So it just basically says you you take all the cash flow and you have five checking accounts. And all the cash flow from your business, anything you sell, any early money you, you make goes into income. Okay. And then from there, you divide it into owner's pay. Sorry, the first one's profit. Okay. Then it's tax. Okay. Because profit, the most important thing is that you take a profit from your business. Correct. The most second important thing is that you pay the government because they will shut you down. And they that, sure will. And if you don't give them, the, if you don't put that money aside, you're stealing. Right. It's not your money. Right. Third most important thing is owner's pay.
1: Right? And so would that essentially be like a salary? Owners or? pay is
0: like so. Profit is ten percent that you're putting away. Then right, you never touch that unless you're buying another asset to to scale your wealth. Okay, every ten percent of every penny dollar you make goes away. You don't touch it unless it's investing in maybe one percent of a business. Okay, got right? it. Yep, because now you're buying an asset, and assets make you money. So you're right. compounding your wealth. Right. Owners pay is this is what I need to to pay my bills. To live. Yeah, pay my bills. And to like have the, whatever quality of life I desire. Okay. And then the rest, the, the, so from the Those top three. income. Yes. Profit. Yes. Taxes. Owners pay operational expenses. Okay. And that, that whatever's left over
1: is what you can afford what to what use to determines make this happen. Your
0: growth. Yep. Your, and but we've always had it backwards. It's always operational expenses. And then what's left over I take. Ah. So if you take it from the very beginning, then you, what's left over is what helps you from getting over your skis. It determines growth. cash flow determines growth. Yeah. So from my, so how I set that up, where would, would you say that the, the 1% would come from owner's pay or from profit?
1: Owner's pay. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. That would,
0: because it's a, a point to point, whether it's a right. point in profit or a point in owner's pay. Right, 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 right. I like that hope you guys are taking notes yeah, this is some good stuff everybody. this is what i was hoping to get as far as the business model on how to stru- structure this right so and i would agree with you it would come from ownership. yeah
1: uh, yeah
0: just profit you don't touch that that's not you, you, that, that's not exactly. yours. that doesn't belong to you that belongs to future you
1: yes exactly <laughs> just and like, that and honestly that's like in my in my personal life and my per- personal finances that is essentially what i've done
0: got it so Any other lessons or like knowledge around this model? What about partnership agreements? How does that look? Any tips and advice on how to set up those agreements?
1: So uh, since I'm not personally really responsible for that stuff, that would be more of a Mitch and Mikey question. But if you ever want to talk to them, yeah, I would, I would, I would truly recommend um discussing with yeah, them because they are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to that since they are the ones that essentially kind of created this this idea I'm gonna and we have just adopted.
0: Yeah, I'm echoing the mission statement, inspire empower transform the industry. This is the transformative stuff. Yeah. This is the good stuff. So, um anything that you want to get out around that now? Get it out and if not we can move towards the marketing
1: No, stuff. let's move towards marketing. Okay,
0: cool. So, you said okay. So, 2017 I get offered equity in this business. Yes. I moved down to Charleston. Yes. Um, what is your title when you move here? Operating partner. Operating partner. And are, is it like set in stone that you are the marketing person?
1: Kind of. Um, I, outside of actually bartending, serving, kind of running the floor, I didn't really know what my value add would have been in a, in a partnership realm or in an operating realm I was an art student a marketing PR student I don't even know if I'd ever looked at Excel before before I got into the office here I'm not even kidding um, I mean I didn't know how to schedule I didn't know how to do payroll I, I didn't I truly did not know where my value add would have been and I knew that at least this part of my brain and this part of my passion was something that I could bring to the table and that I thought that I would be good at and would be an asset so I was like you know what I am going to take this as my own and I'm gonna run with it yes. and we're gonna see where that takes us.
0: How did that conversation happen? Were they like, hey, if you want to be a partner, like you got to do more than just, you know, like.
1: No, I think it was kind of understood because I had already as a kind of like pre-partner before we moved down here. I was still at the table talking about what we were going to do at Uptown Social and I was sounding the alarm that social media and marketing and PR and all of this stuff was something that was necessary. So I think at that point, it was like, okay, Kara's already taking this and yeah. she's running with it. So this is what she's going to do. Whether or not we say yes or no. Or, and we're going
0: to benefit from I, it. I pass. don't
1: even know if they, I, again, I don't know if they <laughs> realize because I don't think that that point, yeah. they, they realized how important it was. Um, but Keith knew and Keith and I were like, We are going to be the voice of Uptown Social. And when we open in April, people are going to know about us and they're going to be following our Instagram account before that even happens. So when that door opens on April 6th, it's going to be balls to the wall. And it was...
0: We're going to get into that. I can't wait to get into that. Um, So, I mean, I guess, yeah, like, where did you start? Like, if if you're going to own this... And I want to reinforce what you said. Um... Around 2017, before we get into actually how you unpackaged it, around 2017, 2018, and like even more so today, I think that like the, the 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 industry started becoming very competitive. Very. I mean, the early 2000s, more and more restaurants were opening ever more than ever before because retail is going away. The developers are just throwing money at restaurant projects. There's more restaurants per capita than ever before. Yep. Uh So there's more competition. Now we're not just competition for business but competition for people. Yep, And so we got to be better at what we do to, to, to you know, so the cream rises to the top, right? So yep. that, that cream is just getting better. Yep. So I, I, I believe my heart of hearts if you're a solo restaurateur, a solopreneur restaurant restaurateur, and you are the only person that's earning profit from your business, you're going to struggle so hard you to, to find those people. Um, and we need specialists. I, like when, when in the history of restaurants has a marketer owned steak in a business, as could like, not like tell a you. chef,
1: couldn't tell like you the
0: marketer is becoming just as important as the chef. Yes, and and I think I want you to look at your business like this: where, like, what are the key elements of my business? Front like, of house, back yep. of house, account. Yep. Th- so, what? Keep going.
1: Well, I, I was just going to say, kind of piggybacking on what you said about the competition, this is no longer about just providing a good experience and good food, right? Like, people are now posting how beautiful your space is or where the location is, whether or not you're on the water or you have a rooftop or like there are so many other factors that went into what a great restaurant experience is and prior to social media, that wasn't really the case. So I think that that also is why other people with other skill sets decided they wanted to be in the restaurant business, right? Because they could, could, they could use their skills from other industries and bring it into restauranting. And it's not just about the food and the experience anymore, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I think that that's what we've kind of focused on. Um, in promoting Uptown and then now Sharehouse Bodega, and now back promoting our, all of our places in New York and Chicago. I
0: love it. So, you cover I, that's one thing I did want to come up. You're not just focusing on Uptown. No. Or in like these three groups that are right, these restaurants nope. that are right here. No nope. like The whole business is your baby now.
1: Yeah. And when um, did that To a happen? degree. Um, within last year.
0: Okay, cool. So, we'll shelf that. So, 2017, you're like, damn it, I'm taking over the social media <laughs> thing. This is mine. I, this is going to be my baby. Get out of my way. Where did you start?
1: Um, By making an Instagram handle, (laughs) Um, a Google business page. Um, We also did hire... a team to do our branding because we knew that that was really really important gone are the days of just like hiring someone off the street to create a logo like i mean at this point there's like brand packages and um when we got anthony falco who created our pizza menu on board he had a big name and i think this wasn't just about social media right it's about what can you create within your Bar restaurant, your brand that you can then promote. Right? What came first, the chicken or the egg? So we had to decide to come up with ways to actually promote Uptown and what people were going to find interesting. Collaboration. Yes.
0: So this is um in the world of podcasting. This is a lot of how restu- a podcast scale. They they find other podcasters that are in their realm of you know relative to their subject matter, and they say, Hey, can I come on your show, and I'll have you on my show, and I'll promote you, and you promote me, and then what ends up happening is you're, you pick up followers from those right, people. Right? right. So, is that your what? What would we call this? What's the technical term for this?
1: I, I think collaboration. Okay. Collaboration, cross-promoting.
0: So you're. So the, what you said is, um, what can we create that we can promote?
1: So uh, it was creating kind of a one-stop shop for an experience. Right. We started thinking about. the aesthetic and Mitch and Randy built the whole place out and it's so beautiful. And we're like, okay, where can we find moments where people are going to want to take pictures? Where can we, I mean, with the name Uptown Social, there's so much that we can do with it. We did Social AF, we did Uptown Girls, Socialite, Social Climbing. Like we, we started to pick and choose ways to creatively get our brand out there. Um, we started hiring different graphic designers to make our promotions a little bit more professional. We um, started booking all different types of entertainment. We just wanted to make an experience that was both enjoyable inside of our building and also enjoyable across different social media platforms. Right, I'm going to
0: make you drill down a little bit more. You're dropping a lot. I'm trying to keep up with my Oh, notes. sorry, sorry. No, you're doing great. Should I go a
1: little bit slower? No, no, no. <laughs> this is
0: all gold. So uh, I just kind of like... so. I love, so you're okay, what's out there uh, that might have a presence that, it's like a Venn diagram. What do we need and how can what we need also slingshot us ahead with their presence? Kind of like, you know, like we need.
1: Within within a restaurant, what do you need? You need, you need great food. All right. So a good food. location. I mean, there are so many things, right? But I'm just thinking from like a, a marketing standpoint, how do you. How do you promote something well is you have to have food that looks really good and then also has to taste good, right? Yeah. Um, You need to have a logo that's aesthetically pleasing. Um, You need to have a brand package that is interesting, that is creative. Um, You need to have different slogans or phrases or sayings that people can relate to and recognize your business by. Um, For us, like our social butterfly, we had an artist paint a beautiful butterfly that people were going to take pictures in front of. Okay.
0: So, here's another way to look at it. So, so I'm starting to get... So, basically, anything you create has to go through a filter of how can we promote. Yes. If we're going to create it,
1: How do we promote this? How does
0: it perceive? The end product is perception. Yes. How can we position this creation in a way to be be intentionally perceived on the other side?
1: Yes. And then how does the user look at that and generate their content for your business? And then
0: how does the user look at that and generate the content for the business? Yes. Okay. so, So
1: we're not only relying, and this is going back to what we were talking about earlier. It's in the consumer's hand at this point. So if you give them the opportunity to promote... If you give them something that's cool enough, that's fun enough, that's exciting enough, they're going to do the work for you.
0: So get into that. Answer that question. How does this thing that we're creating be perceived and how do they promote it? What What are the things we can do to make things more naturally promotional?
1: This is something that has come a long way for us in the last five years. And I think that is building a team. And making sure that you are continuing to keep people that are relevant, that have their finger on the pulse at that table. Because it's sad for me, but I'm no longer promoting Uptown Social for myself, right? I'm thirty six years old. I just got married three weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Yay. Um but we're our target demographic is 21 to, I mean, call it 36. Fine. But like,
0: have you you aged out of your
1: demographic? I feel like, I feel like I have, I'd like to think no, but I mean, listen, I like to still go out and have fun, but, (laughs) but no, but like getting, getting, getting our, our younger staff at the table and giving them a voice. Right. Okay, So
0: I was curious when you said at the table I was like, literally, literally. Yes. So (laughs) so keeping, so getting guests at the table and then keeping them at the table. Yes. What do you mean by like literally, what do you mean by keeping them at the table?
1: So I think that getting our younger staff members who work specifically at Uptown Sharehouse Bodega at, at any of our, at any of our restaurants at our group, um, I think giving them a voice is really important. Um, I especially think that this generation, the generation that we're targeting, um, they really like to have a voice. They have a lot of opinions, right? They're also very savvy. They know what they're doing on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all, all of these platforms where we're promoting on and they're promoting for us and our customers are promoting for us. They know what's going on. So you have them at the table and you have them Come up with ideas and give them the opportunity to kind of take ownership as well, even if they don't have equity, right? A lot of our, our our employees are young; they're in college still, but they love this place like it's their own, and they want to promote it like they're it's their own. And when Uptown has a bad review, or if somebody posts something and they're upset with their experience, they get personally offended by it, and they want to figure out how we can be a little bit better to make sure that that doesn't happen right. again.
0: So we started this rabbit hole with the idea of how does the user i.e. the guest promote how do you make everything that's been diagram everything you create has to go through this filter of how is this going to be perceived and promoted on the back end so tying that thought with building a team
1: so i think when we build a team They know what's relevant. They know what's going to work. They know what our consumer is going to promote because they're, because they're the the consumer. They're the demographic. Mm -hmm. So we could have me and a bunch of other late 30, early 40 year olds sitting at a table. We don't necessarily know what the 22 year olds are interested in posting. Right. Yeah. They're not posting what we'd be posting.
0: You're totally making me warm and fuzzy on the inside (laughs) right now. Cause um, I mean, so as you grow a business, you try things and then the only way you're going to know if it works or not is by trying it. Correct. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes there's a variable you didn't take into consideration like bandwidth or interest in doing the thing. Yep. Right. So I I recently experienced this with restaurant unstoppable because I launched restaurant unstoppable network. And that was my way to provide some kind of community around the podcast. But I do not like to exist online. There's a reason why I get in my car and drive everywhere. You know, like I like to do this. Like I could be easily talking to you on Zoom and we could have done this weeks ago. Right. You know. No,
1: I love this. Exactly. I love this. And I do
0: too. And And this is what I, this is my vision. This is what I love. This is, and I can't sacrifice this. And this is what makes me happy. But I can't do this. And be digital, you know. I mean, I could, but I also don't like that, right. you know. So like, and I'm not good at the. Atten- I'm dyslexic. I I I write things funny, and like things come <laughs> out and, like I'm so so self conscious about it, you know, like to so the point where like everything that I'm doing, I'm like, this looks like crap. Like I'm not like you in the sense that I can't design and make things look pretty and appealing digitally. I don't represent myself well digitally, unless I'm talking, <laughs> you know. So well,
1: you do an incredible job of talking. They- <laughs> so
0: <laughs> so like so like. Recently, the thought, and I'm just trying to use an example of how this manifests in different verticals, right? So of, as far as like, like letting your team. So talking to my hopefully new community manager, so the idea is I'm getting out of that lane, finding somebody else to manage this so I can do what I do best.
1: Right. And you can only do so much anyway, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So the idea behind the network going forward is like, let's create a minimal viable product. And we bring in the people who were the most active when we first started and say, what do you want us to create? They're the end user, right? Yep. So like, yep. how do we reverse engineer what the community needs and wants?
1: I think you, you just said it. Yeah. You just said it. It is having, well, first I would say having a community manager that knows what you're doing, what you're trying to do, knows your product, knows your brand, knows, knows your consumer and kind of is your consumer. I think that that's really, really helpful, right? Yeah. Because most of our employees at this point are... Are our consumer. I mean, some people have been here for five years and are a little bit older now, but like in general, the people that we want to come inside are the people that are working here and they know how to relate to them.
0: Who is working here?
1: I would say mainly college kids to young adults. 25, 26, 27. Does that work
0: in every business model? So say I'm fine dining white tablecloth. I would say no. Why?
1: Because that's not the experience a twenty two to twenty eight year old is looking for.
0: So if I'm doing, you know, moderately expensive, maybe not white tablecloth, but like, you know, elevated food, heavy wine program. Uh, heavy food experience not necessarily sports or like socializing right but you're there to like get a food experience maybe does it make sense to hire people i don't know who are passionate about that sort yes. of thing yes. or maybe someone who's a little bit more i don't know refined i'll say older <laughs> but, but like and refined. yeah mature, yeah you know, like you're not
1: you're seasoned. not hiring you're not hiring a 21 year old well first of all i mean maybe you're on tiktok but Probably not, right? Because that's not really the demographic that yeah. you're trying to target. I would say in a fine dining establishment, like, yes, you definitely do need a social, social media presence, but your, your demographic is totally different.
0: So I guess what I'm getting at is is this approach that you're taking unique to the, the business model or the, the, the I guess, the, the type of demographic you're going after.
1: I don't think so. I think, I think the same type of model works really probably for anywhere um, but I think that you have different people that you have at the table
0: got it um, cool so okay along this note of like how does the, any other thoughts around how does the user promote the, the product the, this approach that you're taking
1: I think when when we first opened uptown Again, this was five years ago. Um, I had, I still have my finger on the pulse. I'm still here all the time. I'm still operating Uptown specifically. Um, but I know what goes on here, Sharehouse, Bodega. And when we initially decided that we were going to do this huge activation push, we really, really focused on the energy of the building and getting our voices out there. And we wanted to make sure that people understood the energy and they understood the excitement. And I think we very carefully made that happen. And then people started to do the same thing for us. And then as time went on, we started to create more and more opportunity for people to start painting pictures. We updated the space. We came up with more and more clever ideas. And again, we have a table of anywhere from 10 to 12 people Every single week, whether it's at a manager meeting or at a social media marketing meeting, coming up with constant ideas. Some we shoot down, some we're like, that's a great idea. We also take a lot of inspiration from other places that we admire. How often do you have marketing? Every single week.
0: Every week there's a marketing? Every
1: single week. We also are on a text message chain. We're on an email chain. Just the marketers. Uh,
0: Just a marketing meeting every week.
1: We do a marketing meeting every week. And we have operating partners there. Sometimes we have managers there. Sometimes we have... um, we invite staff to come if they want to come, if they have great ideas, we ask them to email us ideas. Um, We talk about this stuff very, very thoroughly. Do you guys
0: use EOS? The entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial operating system as far as like how to like host your meetings.
1: No. I was just curious we send out we send out an agenda No, <laughs> on, I, on a, on, on if Google. you said yes I
0: would have been really excited I was excited like I'm not
1: sure what that yes. is
0: <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's something that I'm trying to implement here at Restaurant Stoppable with my internal team but okay. it's basically just an operating it's, it's EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System so a restaurant has systems it has like systems and like recipes on right, how to the make POS the food and, how to yeah. bring somebody to the table right standard operating procedures right. Yep. right yep but like what what does that all live on what's the foundation Like, the things like how does this get, how does information flow? You know, like, so like weekly meetings, annual meetings, uh like establishing goals for the quarter and strategies to reach it. Like, what is, what is all that?
1: Ours is actually slightly antiquated at this point because it's really via email, text, and and Google Docs. I will. Traction. Can I write things? down? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a game changer. I don't have
0: a pen. Oh, that's right. uh,
1: That's right. Uh, We'll We'll make sure. We'll make sure. Offline.
0: But like, Anyway, I was because the importance of regular communication, right? But also how to get the most out of those meetings, right? Um, right. So it's not just people going down rabbit holes, so right? Like, right. Kind of like and we,
1: So we do have an agenda. Danny, who is my intern, who is now um, she's actually moving to New York, but she um, she started as just a, a marketing intern um, a couple of years ago, and now she is. Um, and our in-house event coordinator and she does like tons of our activations and our marketing and she sends out the agenda. She's extremely organized and she kind of keeps us um, from not going down those rapid- I mean, we still do at times, yeah. but uh, she's, she keeps us on the straight and narrow.
0: Yeah, so take me into what, like what like the things that you would discuss in a weekly meeting. Like what, like what are the things you're looking for?
1: Uh, we will go day by day. And we will talk about what we want to promote on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Google Business. Um, we will talk about any entertainment we have for that week, why the entertainment worked, why it didn't work, if we want to bring them back. Um, we will discuss what kind of um, specials, what kind of promotions that we're looking to do, what kind of events we might have going on that week or the next week or the following week. Um, I mean, it is a long, thorough meeting.
0: So one thing I, I mean, is should we keep going down this path of weekly meetings or like, is there more to like this big picture? We talked about team building, bringing your team to the table, uh, people understanding, like being intentional with the energy of the building, uh, meaning like every space has like, we're sitting right here. There's cameras rolling behind Kara. You see, you know, like people having fun in your space, uptown social branding. So no matter where you are, any any angle of me, you will know where I am. Yes. Is that yes, what you're saying? Yes. Yes. So like filling the space with branding. Yes. No filling
1: what. it with branding. And again.
0: Also, people doing what you want to see people do. Yes. Yes. Which is another cool thing. I want to do a walk around with you, but like it isn't just like a picture of like the like the social butterfly wall. It's a picture of the social bu- butterfly wall pe- with people behaving the way you want everyone to behave yes so and now, how we want people to take pictures and how we want dude. them to
1: promote exactly so
0: is it is it sub, subliminal
1: in a sense um i th- uh yes and no, no it's not um, dirty y- yeah and i mean because you're not getting them to do uh, it's, it's, ca- it's calculated right it's yeah. definitely calculated and again i don't even think that we knew at first to do this i think as time has gone on and we've seen the behaviors and we've seen what people are doing. We're like, Oh, that's a great promotional moment. Yeah. How do we do this again and so, again and again and again? I
0: mean, this also kind of makes me wonder again. Cause like I, I go like, does this approach work with every concept? Cause I think about like a, like a fig or the ordinary, right? Are you familiar with these? Yeah, 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 of course. Like I haven't actually, I, I have to admit I've never been in them, but I based off of what I understand. There's probably not like their logo everywhere.
1: No, definitely not.
0: Yeah, it's a little more elevated. Like you're in like a, a very private setting, maybe almost feel like in someone's house or something like yep. that. So is this unique to your, like, you know where I'm going with this? Like yeah. can, can everyone execute this? Or are you guys in a special space?
1: I guess when you put or, it like that, maybe we are.
0: Or is art, no offense, you know, Mike Latta and, you know, all these amazing people that are over there, but like, is that just the old way of doing things? And they, have they not figured out the code?
1: I mean, they've had tremendous success, right? So, like, Who am I to talk yeah, about? What yeah, yeah. Tr- truly, that. truly. And I'm just playing
0: devil's advocate right now. No disrespect to what those gentlemen have achieved.
1: Um, I think, yes, it works for us. We're, it's a little bit more specific based off of our clientele and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, but they have figured out... PR and marketing in their own right in right. their own space. And
0: this is so what we're talking about right now Kara, is it exactly why I've gone fucking crazy over the past 10 years because my goal when I started this thing was I'm going to find the answers. And There's only going to be one answer for every vertical. Obviously
1: there's only one answer. <laughs> there are only only, and one, only, one, answer. only one and the truth. Internet is right about everything. There's only one there can only be
0: one <laughs> truth. The more I learn the more I realize that we live in a very complex system. Yes and what's true for you might not be true for somebody else yes and this is one of the things that drove me crazy one of the reasons why i was so quiet for so long as far as sharing opinions because like i i don't know enough about you in your restaurant in your strengths and your weaknesses to give you honest feedback you know like and i'm not gonna sit down in five minutes and tell you what to do with your business because it might not make sense for you right so that's kind of why like i I think we focus so much on like we're just here to learn your perspective so so what if you're saying things or if if Kara's saying things that might not work in your business model, then take elements of it that might, you know, like you can still bring your team to the table and give them a voice.
1: No, I think that's the number one thing that I've learned in the last five years being a boss is listening. Yeah. Number one.
0: Are there any other like really cool things like as far as your evolution goes? I don't know if we've gone like Way down into this rabbit hole of like your like every little detail, or is there more that we haven't touched on that you want to bring to the conversation, or should we talk about your evolution as a marketer and, and I don't think social?
1: so. I would just say, take everything as a learning experience and a learning opportunity, and constantly do research um because the age of promotion is ever changing. Um, and I think as time goes on, it's just, that's going to continue to do that. And you're not going to be an expert in, in everything. The of
0: promotion is constantly changing. Yeah. So where is promotion today
1: versus where it was in 2017? I think in 2017, I'm, you were promoting a little bit on the internet, but people were not paying attention to it in the same way. Um, yeah. People were definitely not using social media in the same way. um I think that it was a lot of print ads. It was uh, some digital, some radio. We but
0: back when you were in college, or two thousand seventeen?
1: I mean, to, uh, well, two thousand seventeen. It was it, it was more so than in two thousand and twelve, but not to the extent of what it is now.
0: Elaborate on that. I'm not fully sure. So. I don't know if I am picking up exactly what you are pointing out. So like, the, like the before landscape Uptown, is changing.
1: Yeah, like before Uptown opened in in twenty seventeen, our partners that had been in in the business for 25, 30 years, they weren't thinking about Instagram, right they they had They had no idea. But then somebody like me, I was yeah. like, okay, like we have to be on the forefront of this. Like yeah. we have to start using this as a platform to promote. I mean, this is only going to get
0: so. What are the young whippersnappers? the the new age character. It's all TikTok now. So and I don't even
1: really understand TikTok. So what are they telling
0: you? What have you? What like where was your TikTok game when you first created an Uptown social account, and where is it now?
1: It it, it, we actually hired Danny, um, and we have two other girls here at Uptown that both started. One started as a host. Actually, both of them started as a host, and one's a server. They're both in college. They go to College of Charleston. We were like, you guys are gonna run our TikTok.
0: You tell us what to do. You tell us what to do. And what have they told you?
1: So much. So, 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 so much. Um, I mean, truly how to target, target them. Um, how people have like an eight second attention span at this point and then they move on.
0: So how do you target them?
1: Exciting videos, comedy. Um, promoting staff, uh, kind of letting them be the voice now, um, for us, I mean, we still want to capture the energy of the building. So like consistently putting up our entertainment, um, bands, DJs, I I mean, we're, we're promoting similar stuff but just in a new and exciting way. You tell um, a story with clips almost. Yeah, yeah. And and five years ago, you were posting pictures, right? You were posting yeah. beautiful pictures. Yeah. But that, that has changed. Now it's, it's all video, right? Right. Um, and now it's learning how to edit and splice. And I mean, look at, look at what, what you the, have. You're yeah. to the yeah. But right this now. is not something that I think back in, in 2017, anybody would have thought like, okay, I'm going to start making funny blooper videos of of our staff to get people in the door or to get right. people to follow us Hon- you know
0: ironically I, I argue that that should be one of the the strategies that restaurant unstoppable uses because i'm such a knucklehead <laughs> and i'm doing dumb shit all the people, time
1: people people love it there are <laughs> two things that like get the most traction is um staff bloopers and very randomly renovations yeah. i don't know why but, like people love by, to yeah. see it before and after yeah
0: um Anything we haven't talked about, I mean, I'm looking at the time. I know you have a busy day today. You have some people coming in that you have to make yourself available for. Um, we, I did want to talk about influencer marketing and events because I know that is a big part. Yeah. That's a big yep. part of your strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you get into that before we move on?
1: Yeah, we actually just... Um kind of recently more so in New York um, because I think that the influencer marketing game is uh, far more professional in New York we also hired on um, a PR team that we work with called bread and butter um, which is actually new we did not work with a PR team we I did know them. everything in house yeah. oh my gosh I love them yeah. Rachel who's the CEO oh, yeah. she is the coolest I'm
0: sure if I looked up Rachel's email or Rachel name I would probably have a couple of clients yeah she's she's great she's brilliant her team is
1: incredible um so we started using them as well because also and and again i think we we talked about this a little bit too but you're only a professional in in certain aspects right and you need to bring other people on that know what they're doing and from a pr standpoint like yeah we understand public relations we understand Promotions, we we know what we're doing, but we don't necessarily have the connections and or the bandwidth to like really get ourselves out yeah. there, I'm, right? I, I think
0: that what you're doing is absolutely what a restaurant needs to do. I also think it's a problem because what ends up happening is all the power gets in the hands of these publicists, and unless you can afford to work a certain publicist and leverage that relationship with whatever outlet, i.e., I don't know, Food and Wine or what know, Leisure Thrillist, whatever magazine consumer facing magazine you want to get it hinges a lot on relationships and it's pay to play so is yeah. that a fucking issue
1: yeah. Part of my language yeah um yeah i would say i would say this so. is
0: exactly why i try to avoid publicists at all costs and i drive around the country and i say hey kara who do you respect and admire because i don't want those companies to steer the ship right you know and I, it's weird it's like the more this is one of the earlier the more i learned about marketing and i figured it out and i cracked the code of it i'm like i don't think i should do this it's do you think-
1: so bread and butter, I think, is actually a little bit different, um, and maybe it's just Charleston's a little bit different too, because they have more of a personal relationship with us, and our account managers are same thing—like two young girls that come into Uptown, come to Sharehouse, go to Bodega. Um, so I think that they have a more of a personal relationship with us. So so their goal is kind of aligned with our goal. Got it, got it. Um, and Rachel also, she approached us. She actually said that she followed us on social media and she was really impressed and she wanted to sit yeah. down and have a conversation with yeah. us. Which I took as the biggest form of flattery, right? Yeah. Because for somebody like her to compliment us like that, I just I, I, was, I was really, really just kind of over the moon with, with that.
0: So when we are doing influencer marketing, uh, when you're thinking about the people that you're gonna collaborate with, i. e. DJs, i. e. I don't know, bands, like who are some of the other people that come in here that would be an influencer or
1: So that's actually where bread and butter has been really, really helpful, especially in New York, because I think it is a little bit hard to navigate um, what influencers are kind of the real deal and what you're actually going to get out of of that influencer. Because we've made that mistake plenty of times at Uptown Social where I'd be on our Instagram and I'd be following people and I'd reach out thinking like, okay, said person has... 25,000 followers. Let's give them a free dinner and a night out on Uptown and ask that they do a few posts. And all of a sudden, nobody shows up to the influencer event. They have all fake followers. I didn't do my due diligence to figure out if they're they're the real deal or not. And now we've spent money that we don't necessarily want to spend or have on somebody that's kind of illegitimate and we got nothing out of it the, the pictures weren't great nobody followed us nobody reshared a, a picture or a post or whatever it might be so bread and butter has the connections with actual true influencers that will promote us in a way and get us on on a, done a, a the work for you who, page who's professional yeah. who's
0: gonna create the win-win situation yeah. for you yep um i mean any other advice that we haven't discussed yet, and as far as how you're doing your marketing today, that you think is beneficial to our listeners?
1: Oh, geez. we've we covered, covered a lot. so much. Um, do put so much
0: pressure on. I feel like I kind of no got a no, no no no. no. It's so I hard just, for I, me to talk about marketing sometimes without saying.
1: I'm not even sure. Like, I don't want to keep repeating myself, um, or even repeat myself. Um, I think. Couple of things And this is still kind of In the, the, the marketing But operations realm I think always responding To reviews Is a huge one And I think a lot of restaurants Fall short in doing that um, When somebody leaves you A re- review Whether or not it's good Or bad That's If you ignore it That's like ignoring somebody That walks into your restaurant At yeah. this day and age yeah. So I, I Really That's that's one thing So
0: Sorry keep going
1: No no no, no that's, that's one thing Um Google Business also, I think, is a huge one. Promoting. There's like a little thing on Google Business where you can put graphics or events or write little comments or blurbs or write-ups about what you have going on that week, that month, that year, whatever it might be. And I think that's a really, really underutilized thing as well. Because when people are looking up Best Bar in Charleston and Uptown Social comes up with like a little post, tonight's entertainment is X, Y, and Z. Getting your message out there on as many platforms as you can, I think is really, really important and making them slightly different or tailored to each individual kind of target audience you're trying to reach. Yeah.
0: It's so crazy how much work there is to do to be able to stand out today. And I feel like that we live, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like we live in a world that if, you're, if you were a tour and you focus on everything that's in the four walls of your business, i.e. anything that's not digital... Right. But just like good service, amazing food, uh, warmth and generosity and hospitality and amazing aesthetic. Like all the things, the physical things that before 2010 were the, if you could do all the, all those things amazingly and say there's a competition that does everything, uh, but they're so good at marketing. Promotes it really well. Yeah. But they're so good at marketing and like they could get better business in today's age because it people put so much emphasis on that. But at the end of the day, I feel like if you drive people to your business because you are good at marketing and you get like a 3.5 average rating on Google or something like that, it won't sustain. Agreed. You, you need both.
1: You need both. You cannot yeah. market. You can't be the best marketers in the world with the best branding and the most exciting energy on TikTok and then walk in here and provide a bad experience because right. you will not survive. Right.
0: So the mission statement is to inspire, empower and transform the industry as a marketer, as the as having a very good understanding of how the game is played. Was there anything you'd change about it? If you could if you can make the world a better place in knowing what we know about the world we live in, is there anything that you would change?
1: I feel like this is going to be like, like where are we interesting, headed, right? interesting advice. Where um, where are we headed
0: and where would you rather we go?
1: Because I, because I know how important it is, but I sometimes feel like you have, you have to put your phone away. You have to, you social media is great and, um, has changed the game and has made our businesses so much better. Um, both online and actually in person which is amazing but remember that you still need to have those actual experiences and it can't all be through your phone or your computer um and that's, that's, that's a tough thing for somebody who, this is my full-time, this is my full-time it, job, yeah, this, is my this is my bread and butter, this is how I make my money, yeah, right? Yeah. But on one end, I, I love to see people come in and take pictures and videos all night of, of what we're doing here. That's yeah. like, it shows that what we're doing is working, but I also want to just be like, take, take a few minutes also to put Did, your phone in your pocket and just enjoy the experience. Yeah. Did it
0: happen unless it happened on Instagram or TikTok? Did it actually happen?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's the mentality people are taking nowadays. You know what I mean? And I only think it's going to get worse. So as long as you can, um, what do you mean by worse? Balance. I, I think people are going to get more and more fixated on their phones and less fixated about I, the experience. I realize I'm putting you in an
0: awkward space here, but I know. do you think that there's a social responsibility? People are going to hate talking to me about oh, you. I'm going to burn every bridge I go a to. A social
1: place. responsibility to Knowing do what? what you know
0: about the adverse effects of social media and being in your phone all the time and capturing stuff and not putting the phone away and just being present. No. Okay. okay.
1: No. Um, because I think that humans are responsible for their own behavior Mm -hmm. and I think that if you feel yourself getting too kind of zoned in on your phone and you're not experiencing the world around you, that's on you.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that statement. Um, I will, I mean, in defense of humanity, I think that not, I think operate like business owners and people like yourself have to, this is what we have to do. We
1: have to use the tools, right? Because everybody else is.
0: Here's where the social responsibility lies in my opinion. Is with the companies that make these things because their their focus isn't on you and you benefiting you. Their primary objective is eyes on my p- platform. Right. The more time people are looking at my platform, the better I'm doing, it. and that's the only thing they care about.
1: Right. And right. the data
0: that they're collecting too. Right. So I feel like I don't think that technology is going away or or digital marketing is going away. What I would encourage people, the message I would like to get out there, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this is. Check out some other platforms mm-hmm. there's yeah. a, there's there are a whole new wave of next generation social platforms that exist to actually do what the original social platforms were
1: created right, for. right that's tough for me too because i'm like i don't want to learn i don't don't want to learn anymore
0: i totally get but there's there's a a bunch out there that are trying to decentralize the experience yeah Uh, minds i think it's called minds is one of them and it's like it's the decentralized social platform where like it's interesting
1: what does that even look like
0: i don't know like a social
1: platform to decentralize social platforms
0: it's just basically. I think the idea is like they're they're there to just to to make it about people connecting and sharing information, and it's not about marketing or advertising. It's about connecting people, right? You know, like right. I, like when Facebook was created, I don't think that Mark Zuckerberg had this grand vision. I mean, that was other people influencing and being like, "You can make money doing this," right? You know, and that's what it became about, right? Um, so I think that, and it's also for me, it's kind of scary that three companies run the show. Right
1: now. Facebook, I know Facebook, which owns Twitter. I know.
0: TikTok and Google.
1: And doesn't Facebook go on Instagram also?
0: Sorry, I meant to say Instagram. Um, Elon Musk owns Twitter. Um, but four, okay, so maybe four companies. So like, may- there's the big docs. So like, is it, what, like, is that, is that healthy right 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 <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. four companies carry, right like literally four companies are and in your words social media has changed human behavior it has four companies are completely responsible for the way people interact and exist on this planet.
1: yeah bar. yeah that is that is a scary thought that is, is a scary is. thought especially a lot of power. yeah it's a lot of power so i know people must
0: hate me right now because like i just like I'm like, give me all of your information about this. <laughs> and, and you're like, wait a second. Now I feel horrible. Yeah, for doing no, that. no more social media, no like, more marketing. I, like I'm hoping the I'm hoping I want to learn more because I like I said like I, it's necessary. But at the same yeah. time, I think we need to be conscious. Yeah, I think.
1: We need but to the to be thing about marketing conscious. specific to to our group is like, yes, I want to make sure that. Uptown Like myself Keith Kat Our whole partnership We want to make Our spots look as Exciting as possible But what we really 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 want Is to provide A great experience So yes If we can get it out there So people know that That's the goal Of course We want the place To be busy But I want you To come inside And I want you To have a great drink I want you to have A great slice of pizza I want you to enjoy Whatever band That we've booked I want you to party With the DJ I want you to have Light up cat ears on And like I want you To wake up the next morning And be like I just had the most fun ever.
0: Yeah, and there is a giant silver lining to this too that I don't think gets brought up. Like social media and marketing has become so important that it is creating an incredible opportunity for people, people like yourself who have a natural inclination to this and people like Thank the you. interns that you've hired. So, it is it is spinning in a world where we're losing to AI, <laughs> you know. I don't even do- <laughs> like like in who like maybe we're I don't know. I just feel like create AI still. I mean, even this, I feel like is like they, they struggle, it struggles with creativity, but that's, I feel like I can retract that statement. I as of recently, they're doing some pretty amazing things.
1: The thing that AI is going to do is going to make someone that might not naturally be that great at marketing or that creative. They're going to even the playing field. So it's yeah. just going to make it that much more difficult for, but let me ask you this, sorry, Ooh, it's it no, no, that no, no, that much more
0: difficult for finish your sentence. I'm sorry.
1: See that's cat. That's cat. This is our this is our other marketing girl. <laughs> yeah.
0: As I bash social media, I'm smiling for the camera. I know he
1: is bashing <laughs> social media. I'm like, I don't know how I got here. No, no. <laughs> no I I mean, I'm kidding. I just tried. I'm like, kidding. We learned a
0: lot, and everything you share was incredibly. But I, I just, I just like to talk about because I think there needs to be balance to the conversation because not enough people. Everyone's so concerned about learning more so we can stay relevant that we're we're almost like had the blinders on.
1: Yeah, but it's it's scary because. How much control do we have to your point, right? like uh, if, if it were up to me, i wouldn 't necessarily want to be, and I know I can speak for Keith too, like we don 't want to be on our phones all the time, seeing what everybody else is doing and constantly being like, "Okay, how can we be better? who can we book but How like, is that,
0: I, do you ever get anxiety around fear of relevance
1: um, No, but I definitely find I get much more much more easily distracted. Um, I feel like.
0: I'm abusing your time right now. I'm looking at
1: the clock. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Um I feel like humans can't really multitask anyway and I I find being on your phone makes it that much harder. Yeah. Um I feel like I'm just I feel like I'm just constantly distracted because you're overwhelmed right. and yeah. overstimulated and there's so much information and yeah. you don't necessarily know what's right or what works and like everything's a flash in the pan and it's just like so maybe I don't consciously have anxiety but probably yeah. subconsciously.
0: Right. It's funny. Sam I don't know if you met Sam. He was here with us. He was helping me on the road.
1: I think maybe very briefly. And
0: he has to constantly hear me complain about social media because he's trapped in a car with me for a week, and I'm also really bad about constantly checking to see what people are saying. He's like, for somebody who hates social media so much, you awful, you seem to be really into. I'm like, this is why I hate
1: it. Well, be- and it's 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 your livelihood. Yeah, I'm it's like, this so is important. The biggest reason why yeah. I hate
0: it because like I have horrible ADHD. I pick up my phone to like check something, and then 20 minutes later, I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. I'm like the, the most vulnerable. The social media. No,
1: I, I think but, I think most people most people are, unless you make a conscious decision not to be. And for somebody like you or somebody like me, like it's it's imperative to our business yeah. and to our livelihood to make sure that we're remaining relevant and paying attention. Right. And that, that and that can be hard.
0: Yep. So I mean, back to the, the silver lining is that I think that this that this importance of the, the world of digital has opened a lot of opportunity for people and uh, obviously the, the the ability to get knowledge and information out is another great silver lining so it's not all doom and gloom i just think it's like giving a, a baby a lighter you know what yeah. i mean like it's this is a new thing and we just don't know how to use it yet and i think over time we're going to like just like how when like processed food became a thing we became fat and gross overnight <laughs> because we—it's like we didn't know how to manage. Right, right, right. You right, know, right. and over time, we're like, well, this isn't good for us. Right, and then we figure out better ways. Yeah,
1: no, and I think that that will inevitably happen. And there's going to be yes. some people that there's going to be a price to pay, right? Just yeah. like anything. But yeah.
0: so I'm in search we'll for there. those better ways. Yeah, and I hope that we get them out there. And I, but marketing's not going away.
1: No, it's not. Yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's it's been around for forever it's just gonna it'll it'll shift and change is there
0: anything we did not discuss anything that we're hoping to get out now is the time
1: i don't know what else i don't do you have any other questions no i think we're gonna
0: take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we're gonna come back and bust out a speed round This podcast is brought to you by Mies, the culinary operating system for food professionals. As a chef and restaurant owner for the past 20 plus years, Mies founder and CEO Josh Sharkey was frustrated that only the financial and inventory software was available in the kitchen. And while those are important, they don't actually address the process of cooking, training, production, collaboration, and execution. Whether you're a chef, mixologist, consultant, operator, or generally, if you manage, a recipe intended for professional kitchens, Mee's was built just for you. Organize, share, prep, and scale your recipes like never before. Plus, get laser accurate food costs and nutritional analysis faster than you could ever imagine. Chefs that use Mies have seen on average 70% reduction in training time for new staff, 20 to 30% less food waste and overproduction, and an average of 30 to 50,000 reduction in annual cost of goods sold from their easy to use recipe engineering. Part of the magic in Mies is a built-in database of thousands of ingredients that have been tested by Mies chefs and registered dietitians to ensure all the yield loss when you prep an ingredient as well as the unit conversions from volume to weight to pieces are built in. Not to mention automated allergen tagging to ensure you have a consolidated view of allergens and nutrition. Get started by visiting getmees.com slash unstoppable. That's G-E-T-M-E-E-Z dot com forward slash unstoppable. And as a listener of Restaurant Unstoppable podcast, you can get two free months of invoice processing by signing up today. Revolutionize the way work is done in your kitchen with me's. This episode is brought to you by One Huddle. One Huddle is a coaching and development platform using quick burst mobile games to more quickly and effectively level up and fire up your workforce. One Huddle provides a mobile first approach to preparing the modern worker, a library of 3000 plus quick burst skill games and the option to instantly create personalized content. One Huddle is changing the way restaurants develop their workers by transforming the traditional manuals in videos into deceptively simple, highly effective mobile games proven to level up workers quickly. Let's get into some of the facts. So with one huddle, you can onboard employees 45% faster than traditional methods. And there's actually a study done by the University of South Florida that has proven you can train your employees 45% faster using games on one huddle versus traditional micro learning and video based learning. This new and improved way to educate your staff will translate into increased sales because you're creating more consistency with the guest experience both front and back of house i.e menu development menu memorizing pos limited time offers food costing things like this you're looking at a more engaged worker too because they're in competition with themselves and the entire organization this stuff is powerful right now head to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash one like the number one in huddle like a football huddle and if you use that link, you can get 90 days access to one huddle's game shop, which includes 3000 plus on demand skill games on everything from bartending to serve safe to the latest Amazon best-selling books and so much more. Again, that's restaurant dot com slash one huddle. And you have to use that link. This is a cost per acquisition agreement, meaning we get paid per lead that goes through that link. So if you are finding value in this podcast and you want to support, please use this link. And it's it's a testament to how much we believe in one huddle that we're willing to do this. So thank you in advance. We're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? My energy. What is your biggest weakness?
1: Time management. Mm,
0: I get that one. How are you overcoming it?
1: Uh, I just, I, I make a lot of lists. I try really, really hard to... I was going to point at the list, but you beat uh, me to it. Yeah, yeah. No, I have lists. I, I mark things off. Um, I, I set timers. I set alarms. Like I I really, really try. I, I pay attention to how long things actually, actually take me, because I think right. that's my biggest problem, yeah. is I under-promise and... Or, Overpromise, underdeliver when it comes to my time.
0: When you're growing your marketing team, what things are you looking for? Like when you're hiring, or just generally hiring? I don't know if you're a part of that.
1: Um, yes, I am. Uh, the The first thing I look for is um, whether or not this person has any idea um, about the job, about Uptown Hospitality Group, about Uptown Sharehouse Bodega parent company. I want to see if they've done their research. Um, I think that's huge knowing what they're marketing what they're what they're getting themselves into Um, I think that just shows a level of professionalism Um, I also look for great communication skills Um, Yeah, those would be my two things.
0: What's your biggest challenge today?
1: I've talked a lot about this Um, Just our demographic um, this generation um I sometimes feel like they forget that this is a job, um, and they don't necessarily take it quite as seriously, um, or act as responsibly as they should when it comes to this being a place of employment, um, and I think that's hard, I think, um... There's just a, a certain level, like in some ways, um, being a boss I think is is great and being a leader is great. Um, sometimes I feel like I have to set boundaries and they don't necessarily always respect those boundaries. Um, yeah. And I'm not even sure sometimes how to navigate that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to pull back layers, but I also feel like I need to respect your privacy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think just working with a, a little bit of a younger generation, um yeah, it's, it's it's just it's it's a little different now. I, yeah.
0: It's weird like the 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 I feel like the the pattern, the cultural pattern has been give like be more loose. Right. It, like we right. need people so like don't be so rigid. Right. And like that can only go so far. Right. Until we're like okay, now it's our responsibility as the adults to teach you to how like- to be fucking good people if yes. I'm cursing publicly. No, no, no. no. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but I'm
1: glad that you can understand what I'm saying because yeah. I, I want to be delicate. Um, I, I don't want to offend, especially I have a staff of over 100 people. I don't want them to listen and, and be offended. But sometimes, yeah, being being a little bit loose and having a, a yeah. short or having a longer leash can can sometimes be a detriment to your building, right? Because right. people feel... Like They can call out and there's not going to be any repercussions. They can call at last minute. They can send you a text message saying I'm not coming in or they can just not Uh, show up. It's just like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, come on. This is also a job. You have a responsibility to be here and it affects all of us if you're not. And sometimes that's a hard thing to kind of finger wag at, but it's important. Right, right.
0: Uh, We can move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team, a core value, a way to be. To
1: have fun.
0: What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? Something that's common within the four walls of your businesses to go above and beyond guest expectation but not common throughout the industry. So
1: Keith used this but really is a great one. Um, our buyback policy. I love it. And yeah. What is that? Just Provide people with a good time. Buy them some drinks. Get them to come back. Um, I think that that's really, really underutilized tactic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you lose in that transaction will, you'll make up tenfold over the Totally. Time. Yeah, and That's how you look at it. Is there a way to track that?
1: Yeah, we ring every single drop of liquor we pour in.
0: Got it. And that's instead a, of, and we
1: comp it out so it is, so we can see it. What do you use? And then you the monitor track? that.
0: What do you have? Is it just the toast? That's how you. Um, we stuff. have Aloha. Aloha. Yeah, NCR. And is it um built in or is there like inventory management? You
1: use? Yeah, no, no, no it's built in. And then we do inventory every month, so we can keep track of spills, comps, food comps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: What is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant owner?
1: I hope you've read this before, um, but the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I have. Oh, it's so good. Yes. I love what it. What was the
0: biggest takeaway from that book for you?
1: To not take everything so seriously.
0: Yeah. And I think that in a world where there's so much you have to be good at and there's almost like refugee, refuge, refuge, is that the word I'm looking for? Not
1: refugee. Refuge.
0: Refuge. <laughs> yeah. There's there's almost refuge in people who are just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Take me for who I am. And then if you shed all that weight of that that stress of all the things you gotta give a fuck about, you don't you literally don't have enough fucks to give.
1: Yes. Yes. You can
0: only give so many fucks. Yes. Be selective with your fucks.
1: Yes. <laughs> I also love um that he talks about because he was like really living. Like flying by the seat of his pants, and he was somebody that just like lived so day to day, and he started to realize, like, I mean, he was traveling all over the world, and that sounds so cool, but he started to feel unfulfilled, and he wanted to be grounded and have a family and have a job. And sometimes I feel like this day and age, people are like, I'm just gonna do.
0: Getting close to home
1: right now. (laughs) No, but I I thought that that was a really interesting perspective because this is somebody that's been. Travel. He was traveling for five years, and he was right. like, "You know what? At the end of the day, he just wanted to come home." Yeah, and I thought that was a, a that. good, interesting message.
0: There's good balance to be found. Yeah. Uh, what is one thing you feel restaurant tours don't do well
1: enough or often enough? Uh, treating their staff with care.
0: What is one piece of technology you've recently developed or adopted, rather, uh, that has had a huge impact on communication, efficiency, profitability, anything along those lines?
1: I know. Keith said this, too, but BeatGig and LineLeap have changed the game for us. Um, Yeah, specifically BeatGig. And it's so funny, but... We used to actually go on Instagram and look at other places, like other live music venues, and see what kind of bands and DJs and acts they were booking, and then reach out to them directly, which is extremely time-consuming. But Charleston's a small town, and there weren't that many entertainers, especially five years ago. And if you could see the same band seven nights a week at seven different spots... Do Do you
0: know where they're located?
1: Beat Gig um, is now headquartered out of Tampa, okay. but they're all over. So they—I so, mean, it's a technology platform. Yeah. So they kind of route bands all over the East Coast. And you get them on the show. It, yeah, the- no, you really, really should. Um, it's a really interesting concept, and it—it t- it, it has totally changed the game for us. We have been booking bands from all over the East Coast that we would have never heard of um, if we didn't use them.
0: Right. Um, and what about Landscape? Do you know where they're based?
1: Uh, Line Leap is. Line Leap, I, believe they're based out of jersey uh, we know them through penn Street. state okay
0: um i'm trying to be better about going after not just the people in the industry but the, the satellite
1: yeah the technologies that's associated yeah yeah it's
0: doing more of this inquisitive type conversation uh thank you for those leads and we are almost done one more question if you got the news you'd be leaving this world tomorrow all the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants will be lost with your departure. With the exception of three pieces of wisdom you can leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy, what would those three pieces of wisdom be?
1: I think number one would be bring good energy to any room you walk into. One. Um, have patience. Two. And in order to be a great leader, you have to listen. Three.
0: Three. Kara, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I hope I didn't bring negative energy into today's
1: conversation. No, 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 Uh,
0: no, no. But there was such great advice and actionable, specific advice in today's conversation. You left a a lot for the listeners to to pull from and to implement in their own businesses. And you're just a lot of fun to be around. I
1: hope so. Thank you. So
0: thank you you. very much. How can we connect? If maybe we have questions or we want to follow Uptown Social for inspiration, personal handles, business handles, Maybe we want to come work for Uptown Social. Maybe we don't call out ever.
1: Ugh, <laughs> you're hired. <Yeah. laughs> um, you could reach out to me personally. My email address is Kara, K A R A, at UptownHospitality.com. Um, follow us on Instagram, specifically at Uptown Social CHS or Sharehouse and Bodega at Sharehouse CHS and Eat Drink Bodega. Um, or you can just DM me on my personal Instagram. It is brand new Kara, K-A-R-A, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, Hammond, my new last name, H-A-M-M-O-N-D.
0: That's a lot of handles to handle. <laughs> um, if you head over to restaurantunstoppablecom slash 992, we'll have all those handles there as well as a summary of today's discussion and any links to tools or services recommended on the show. And uh, I almost forgot to have you call somebody out. Who do you respect and admire? Somebody that if you found out was a guest on the show, dropping knowledge, you'd be like, I got to tune into that one.
1: So this is somebody, um, she was a regular at Uptown Social um, a few years ago, and her name is Emily Eld. She started her own small business called The Muffin Drop. Um, she was having some severe autoimmune issues and she started her own little business and everything is plant-based, gluten-free, and I just find her to be so impressive.
0: And that was Emily Eld. Emily Eld.
1: E L D H.
0: Muffin drop. Look out, the Emily. Muffin drop. I'm yes. coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show and you already shared your contact information. So this is where I say... Thank you so much. There is no question, Kara. You are unstoppable. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Kara Graves, for letting me push the envelope. Uh, I know I'm not the easiest person to be interviewed by. I really, I ask personal questions. I, I, I challenge the status quo. And I... I'm doing this because I'm I'm trying to keep it real. I'm trying to have sincere, real, genuine conversation. And, uh, sometimes it's in the, the uncomfortable parts, uh, the, the things that people don't typically talk about where we learn the most. And I'm not trying to be a dink by doing this, but you know, I feel like this is just the the evolution of restaurant. Unstoppable is getting better about talking about the, the hard stuff and creating safe space for people to feel like they can talk about the hard stuff. And, to challenge the status quo and to to have open minds. And um, I just want to say, Kara, you made it easy Uh, and you were a great guest. Thank you so much. And I do want to say special thanks to Kara Graves and Keith Benjamin over Uptown Social and just the Uptown Hospitality Group for being so generous. Generous. For being so generous with their time and space while I was in town. And it takes uh, an army. And you know, I'm just so grateful for the people who are in my corner supporting this mission to inspire empower and transform the industry we're willing to get open who are willing to get raw who are willing to, to keep it real you guys make this show possible thank you so much and if you're enjoying this podcast and you want more like it we need your support there's a ton of ways you can support the show one way is just by sharing this bitch who do you know who's a tr- who's trying to be the best version of themselves in the restaurant industry who's trying to make it who's trying to to make things happen put this thing on their radar uh, and if you if you share this thing uh, be sure to tag us restaurant unstoppable podcast and Instagram. So I can personally say thank you. You can also support our sponsors. You can support our affiliates and you can come hang out in restaurant unstoppable network. So a uh, big news. We are bringing on a community manager for the longest time. Um, you know, I—I'll be honest. There's a part of me that almost resented the network because I'm not somebody who likes to sit around a computer all day. I like to be out on the road. I like to travel. I like to go. But we found somebody to be our community manager, and this—the this, network is going to hit the next level. So, uh, we want to build the network with you, our listeners. So, head over there, be a part of the conversation, and help us build this thing together. And uh, that's it for today. Until next time, peace out.